T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. Sal Capaccio joining us in the Western Hotline. Good morning, Jeremy White, Jody Biasi. Happy Wednesday. Bills Media Day gearing up for Bills and Bengals. The Bills are going to wear their all blues. For the game against Cincinnati mm-hmm. on Sunday, 3 o'clock. And joining us is Sal Capaccio, brought to you by New York's Outlet Liquor. When it's time to stock up, it's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Good morning, Sal. Good morning. And the Bengals are going to wear all white. All white, Good. all blue. Great with, combo. But with tiger stripes, of course, right? They're so, not They're not wearing their all correct. white, like the white helmets, like the zebra-looking things, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. No, that's right. It's okay. their white jerseys, white pants, and black socks, I believe. All okay. right. It'll be a good-looking game. That's nice. Um, so I want to start with the pass rush. We, there there'd been some numbers I saw yesterday, Bills fans seeing this uh, via Twitter. If you're on Twitter, maybe you saw it. The pass rush before and after Vaughn, right? Or with and without Vaughn is how I should say it. And the numbers are that the Bills were fourth in pressure rate with rushing four with Vaughn Miller. And since that, they are 27th in pressure rate when rushing four. And I wonder if you've noticed that in other ways other than just the pressure. Like, has it changed the way that the Bills have played defense, how often they blitz, everything about it? Like, it seems like something that Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, would, of course, identify and really have to change a lot of what they do because of that. Yes, absolutely. They've blitzed, I think, a lot more over the last half of the year, if you will, uh, really since Vaughn went out. Um, I, I, I don't have the exact numbers of how much the the difference is, but I think that you know, that was the talk. How Von obviously was helping; they were getting pressure with the front four, and it's noticeable. They've been blitzing a lot more over the last month and a half, for sure. Uh, really, since Von went out, um, they still aren't getting a ton of sacks. There are games. I think to me, it's been a bit feast and famine. There's been times where you're like, okay, like you could tell they're disrupting. They're getting into the backfield a little bit. I think at times it was like that last game actually on a game to game basis. Like there were. Went back and rewatched the game and said, man, there were a few times that, you know, um, Skylar Thompson just, he had to either get rid of the ball very quickly or he ate it. Um, there were times that you thought he could have, they could have got to him a little bit. I think that's been kind of the thing overall since Vaughn went out, which is they're either doing a really good job of getting there, it seems like at times, and you think everything's okay. And then the New England game, right? The New England game. I think a couple early plays. Remember, they sacked Mac Jones. Then they couldn't get pressure all game. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, they definitely have 
blitzed more and they've tried to manufacture that pass rush a little bit more. And you've seen guys do it from from all places. Taron Johnson, they've sent Tredavious White in a couple of blitz blitzes. And then even I think I think Milano and Edmonds are coming a lot more than we've ever seen before. Yeah, now. those are the two that, that jump out at me that are coming an awful lot. Um, you know, w- with this cell, how much of it do you think is you know, the, the the drop from fourth to twenty seventh is Vaughn's pressures are missing. And how much do you think is the gravity, like the attention he gets makes oh, yeah. that big a difference? Because, you know, up until Vaughn's injury, people would have said Greg Rousseau was really blossoming. We're seeing everything out of Rousseau. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's like a number two receiver becoming a number one receiver, different assignments, and it gets a lot tougher. So, you know, when looking at Rousseau, Basham, Epinesa, these are first and second round picks behind Vaughn that the Bills have been counting on to do more. And they've kind of, it might come down to the, this game, next game, might come down to how well those guys play. Yeah, that, I agree that that's actually, that's definitely part of it. Um, I think the attention he draws allows other people to be able to be free. I think that's a big point of getting them, right? You don't have, for how many years they didn't have, not necessarily just the guy to get there, but a guy that everybody has to worry about and game plan against and think about so that it opens up and frees up other people. That's certainly one of the things. But I think the other thing is, if you're a quarterback, you know he's there too, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's not even even if it's not necessarily Von's coming, you might think he's coming, and you know, hey, that guy's there, and if I hold on to this ball, you know, he might get to me. So I think that's part of it. You know, I just looked at the overall numbers. I don't have them since he went down, but according to Pro Football Reference, the Bills are still in the bottom third, I'd say, in overall percentage of blitzing. This goes back the whole year. And obviously, like I said, a lot of that is they didn't blitz as, as much before Thanksgiving. Um, they're less than 20% on the season blitzing. Um, and by the way, the team they're playing this week, Cincinnati Bengals, right there with them. These two teams blitz right around the almost the exact same amount and rate. Um, obviously, the Bengals, though, have Hendrickson and Hubbard. Um, they're, they don't get there a ton either, by the way. The Bengals don't have a really good sack rate mm-hmm. as far as uh, per dropbacks. Um, but these two teams, both of them, are teams that blitz right around the same amount. But the Bills, I think now, probably more because they don't have Vaughn. And like if you put those numbers together, but overall for the year, the Bills are still bottom third in the league overall. It's not like they're, it's not like they're coming every play. It's just that they were so infrequent before Vaughn got hurt. And now they're just much more frequent, even though it's not all the time. And they have two games this year where they didn't send a single blitz. Like the yeah. Rams game. Yeah. The Chiefs That's game, right. maybe too, right? Yeah, they were like three. The Bills had three of the four in the last three years where there were no blitzes. So that's how comfortable they were not sending blitzes, and it really was obviously a strength of their defense. They felt they could do that. The the, the other and I, and I would say I, I wonder if this week is a week where they don't blitz as much because of the banged-up defense uh, offensive line that the Bengals have. Maybe they feel they can get home with with four, yeah. and you can then obviously you know use more people in coverage for these great weapons they have, right? Maybe that's something this week. Um, or you could look at the other way and say, no, that, that, that offensive line is banged up. The communication isn't going to be there. If you throw, throw a couple of blitzes in there, they're probably going to get crossed up, and maybe you can get home to Burrow, who's been known at times to hold on to the ball a little bit too long. So I think this week is interesting because you could look at both sides of that and wonder you know, how the Bills are going to play it. Another big part of this whole conversation, right? I mean, the pass rush is tied to coverage. We know Dane Jackson has picked up an injury, and the back and forth between Dane Jackson and Kyer Elam so we've seen Elam go from healthy scratch to making big playoff play. So, <laughs> Mr. Elam, is is it your time to shine, right? I mean, basically, <laughs> like, this team needs him more than ever, probably. Kyer Elam, maybe the uh, the defensive version of Gabe Davis, right? All of a sudden, bam, <laughs> here he comes in the playoffs. Like, wow. 
Yeah, they, um, he did a really, really great job uh, last week. And I think there were some numbers where he, he didn't allow a catch, I think it was, and he was targeted a certain amount of times. You guys saw the interception, obviously, the pass breakup. I even think his tackling's been a little bit better. You know, Kai here, after he went through being a healthy scratch <clears throat> and then being active but not really playing, he said that one of the things that he started doing more was not trying to be as perfect and just playing football. He said he was trying to be too perfect when he did things early in the season. And he went back to kind of trying to play a little looser and just going back to, hey, you know, he can do he can do this and he can play football and just allow himself to, to um, you know, play a little more free. And I think obviously it's showing up right there. So I, I, I'd like to see him on the field a little bit more. I think the Bills still really trust Dane Jackson. And J- I, I don't think Dane's really hurt them the last couple of weeks or anything like that. There's been times this year where you look back and say that. But I think there's a case right now, especially with Dane's injury, obviously, to see where he is. He's day to day and. You know, Sean did say after the game he may have been able to come back in the game, so hopefully it's not that serious. And you do want to have as many options as you can because you never know. Kyrie is is a rookie, and he's going against a lot of weapons here. I would like to see Kyrie Elam on the field more because it seems like he is making plays, Yeah, and that's, that's a big part of it. And let me tell you something that Leslie Frazier said that I thought was interesting, which is when we met with him Wednesday, uh, Monday when he did a Zoom call, we were talking about the DBs, and he was. And he, I just caught the fact that it stood out to me that he mentioned making plays on the ball itself, like making plays on the ball. He said, that's been a big difference. That's what you need. No, Tredavious White making a play on the ball. Um, You know, Kyrie Elam making a play on the ball. And and I think that's key, right? Getting your hands on footballs. It's not just coverage. And if that's the case and they're looking for plays, I think, you know, Elam's obviously shown he can do that lately. I was going to ask you like about that Elam thing. It really comes down to making plays, right? When the, when we talk about the the Jackson Elam, whatever rotation they've had in the secondary, it feels like they've just been, not that anybody's been really bad. I mean, I'm sure that some have had their mistakes, but it seems like they've just been waiting to find out which one, who's going to step up in that spot. And I, I agree with you. I think Elam has, has done that. Yeah. And I, I'm interested to see how it plays out this weekend because remember you still have Benford and he mm-hmm. hasn't played and he's been on, um, he's active. He's on the roster, but you know, after he came off IR, but he's been a healthy scratch. So, you know, that's another guy. I, I wonder, we know Micah Hyde's not going to play in this game. Sean McDermott made that clear already. Um, so they do have they do have some options with their, their corner spot, and at least now you feel a little more comfortable with one of the options, like I said, with Elam, which he had a bit of a downturn, and you know now he's starting to play a lot better. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and Elam, by the way, I think I saw it, second-best PFF grade among all corners wildcard yeah. weekend. Asante Samuel Jr. did outrank him, but he had – did he have three interceptions? <laughs> yeah, right. So tough, tough to top that. Yeah, I'll be, we were talking about the blitz a little bit ago, Sal, and we'll, we'll focus, I'm sure, more of our time this week on how the Bills do with that. But Cincinnati will be curious too because if they blitz a lot, you know, like they're willing to do different things. Think of how they've played the Chiefs each of the last two times, and like famously in the AFC Championship last year, where they went like a whole half and they were rushing three guys, not even just four. And just kind of baiting him into, yeah, take all the time you want, and then we're, we're going to bet on you forcing something that you shouldn't. So I, I'll be very curious to see how they want to defend Allen. How did you think Allen did against the Blitz last week against Miami? He had the great, the best uh, stats coming into the week against the Blitz, um, and maybe Miami would say that strategy worked, forcing him into turnovers, but I don't know. It's a dangerous game, I guess, when you Blitz Allen, because he is usually so lethal against it. Yeah, Joe, I think that when people <clears throat> sorry, when people watch the game and see the turnovers, you can say immediately, you know, he obviously made mistakes. 
um, and he turned the ball over. I think, you know, the, the one pass that went to Beasley, I don't know if you want to put that on Josh necessarily. I think, you know, that was a nice play by the DB. Maybe even argue Cole should have caught it. Uh, the pass to John Brown, probably a little bit off. But the reason why the turnovers happened weren't necessarily because of the blitz, right? They were because Josh Allen made a bad decision or maybe the throw was a little bit off. When they blitzed, I thought that he, the, the number one thing he did great was recognize it. I'm going to go right back to the second series of the game. It's second, it's, I'm sorry, it's third and 13, third and 16. They go cover zero. I mean, what are you doing? If you're the Miami Dolphins, Eric Wood said, Eric Wood on the broadcast said that's a fireable offense <laughs> in the second quarter of a playoff game to go cover zero on a third and 13, and then Stefan Diggs goes over the top. Well, that starts with recognition. You see that. That's recognition. I also remember, if you remember, um, right before they had their game maybe tying touchdown or go-ahead touchdown in the third quarter, right before that, the one to, to Beasley, I think it was, play before that, Josh, I'm standing there on the sidelines. You could see Josh turned to both receivers and put up zero. He saw zero, zero. He showed them, and then he did a quarterback draw. Like, that's recognition by Josh Allen. So I thought he did a good job. I thought he did a good job to recognize it. I thought he did a good job to get the ball out. I thought he did a good job to even, you know, go deep on those plays. Even though we could say maybe he went deep a little too often, he knew, hey, there's not going to be anybody home. I'm going to get a shot here. Yeah. I thought he did a really good job in that regard. And, um, you know, they made a couple plays. They got to him a couple times. They were able to obviously get him down seven times. But I don't think that's necessarily Josh Allen doing poorly against the Blitz. I think that's offensive line. Um, so if if the Bengals want to, and again, the Bengals aren't a very heavy blitzing team, but if the Bengals want to do that, uh, I think there will be plays there again uh, this week. I don't expect the Bengals to be blitzing a lot. I think the Bengals are going to uh, cover more than they blitz because that's what they normally do, and they have a good front four. So if there's anything that Bills fans are bickering with each other about after the game, it's about whether or not it is okay that Allen threw that deep that many times and situational football. What was the general tone from – him from Ken Dorsey about that was there I mean from the team did the team have a general tone of hey it's all fine maybe this throw we wouldn't want to do that there or maybe we have an adjustment because you know sometimes they'll come out and say I think McDermott said the first interception Josh was a bad decision did without saying like they're mad at him did it seem like Ken Dorsey's general tone was maybe there were some better ideas in there um, sure, but I'll go back to the phrase he's used before and he used again Monday. Ken Dorsey said, play smart, not conservative. <laughs> However you want to, you know what I mean? It's yep. basically, we're going to let him throw deep. He just has to make the decision when it's a bad idea to do that, but we're okay with him doing it. <clears throat> if he feels it's uh, at the right spot, if he feels that it's there, then we're okay with him doing it. Play smart, not conservative. That's what he said. Um, but yeah, I mean, he also, you know, recognized that there's a couple times where you got to be a little bit. You, you got to you know, take the check down or know when to do that. But I don't think they were mad in any regard. I think they just felt, hey, this is Josh. He's, gonna, he's going to be aggressive, and we want him to be aggressive. But you know, obviously he's got to make a couple of better decisions in there. And as I've always said, and I think you guys always agree, that, is, that look, if, if you're going to take all the great that goes with Josh Allen, you're going to have to accept that once in a while. That's just part of the deal. And if you take that away, you're going to take some of the great away. You don't want to do that either. Yeah, listen, like the formula works, right? Like since since Allen joined the team, I looked this up last night. Since Allen joined the team in 2018, the Bills have the fifth most turnovers in the National Football League, and they're also second in wins. Yeah. Like it works. Like it it might be frustrating at times and there might be games that get lost because of it, but I just feel like the formula works and that 
even though there are bad plays, the good plays outweigh the bad plays. So I think it just comes with an acceptance of this is Josh Allen. And I don't know. Like, I don't want to go all in on that because there are situations where you'd like him to take, okay, this is open 10 yards down the field uh, in, a, in a late situation. Um, maybe this could have been one of the Gabe Davis throws late in the game. I, it's tough for me to want him to do that, though, because I love having a quarterback. I love my team having a quarterback that is always willing to throw the ball down the field. Meanwhile, I got another guy playing wild card weekend that's dumping it off on fourth and eight. Yeah, well, and then, look, you have Patrick Mahomes, who a lot of ways is similar to Josh, but it's not, it's not the throwing the deep part. Right. It's he does all these crazy things and throws some different angles and shovel passes, and he's out in space, and all of a sudden – and that has gotten him in trouble here or there. But generally, it works out great, and they make big plays. Everybody talks about mm-hmm. how smart he is and how uh, improvising he is. But that also has gotten him in a little trouble sometimes, including against the Bills down there when they played. He had, they had a goal-to-go situation, or at least red zone. And if you remember, Kyrie Elam's first interception was one of those plays. He kind of just like threw it up for grabs, and Elam took it away in the end zone. Like you, But that nobody tells – I don't – really hear anybody talking about Patrick Mahomes well you know he really shouldn't do that that much it's that's what he does that's what makes him great it's gonna hurt them sometimes you know obviously if you're a Bills fan you probably hope it hurts them this weekend to do something <laughs> like that against the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, so yeah I'm okay with it um, but no doubt Josh has to make a couple better decisions I think I was on a Cincy radio station yesterday and they've asked me they, their question was you know what um what what why does why does Josh have the turnovers this year? Why does he have the interceptions? And I said they generally come from him just pressing, him trying to make a play when it's not there. That's who he is. And their first response was, yeah, you know what? It reminds me of Brett Favre. I'm like, guys, that's the comp we always have. It's always Favre. Too, when we talk about yeah. that. That's exactly what they said. Yeah, Sal, so if there's anything, I mean, turnovers are turnovers. I get that. And, you know, I've, I've long believed that we should count punts as turnovers because that tells about failed drives. If there's one thing I, I think it's, it's fair to ask Allen to clean up that doesn't ask him to be much different, can he do anything about the fumbles? It's been a lot, right? 13 and 11 games. He could preach ball security. Yeah. Is it, you know, I, I don't know what – if you're the coaches and you're talking to him about the ball security in that respect, are you really taking that much away from him? Um, the fumbles – he has to be able to hold on to the ball, but he's got to tuck it. He's got to see it better. Can't let it loose a little bit. Keep it down. You know, he's got it in one hand. He's got big hands. Obviously, he can hold on to the ball. But look, defenders are trained to slap at that thing. They're trained to punch it out. They're trained to grab at it when they go. And as soon as he feels pressure, he's got to do a little better job. There's sometimes he runs where I'm thinking, put that ball away. Like he doesn't. Everybody, everybody else yelling, get down. I'm going to put the ball away. <laughs> you know, like he's got the ball out front and all that. The way he carries it. Sometimes I think that as well. So. No, those are just things you rep. Those are just things you talk about. Let's remember, um, if you go back, and just so everybody knows, this goes for every quarterback. Any fumbled snap is basically always charged to the quarterback, even if it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. So throughout history, quarterbacks are always going to have a little bit more of a fumble, um, more fumbles. And I'm not saying that, Josh, you know, it's all on that for sure. But some of those numbers are that. But certainly some of the numbers are him not taking care of the ball when he feels that pressure. He's got to be able to you know, put it away, tuck it away, and do whatever he can there. So those are things that he has to clean up. And obviously it cost him a touchdown in the last game. You let the Cincinnati Bengals do that and get a touchdown, you know, we're talking about probably a different story in this one. That can't happen. So, so as we enter the practice week and injury reports, thinking about McKenzie maybe coming back, Crowder maybe coming back, Beasley and Shakir, it, is, is slot receiver – 
the position that we're thinking about for the weekend where we just have no idea what it's going to look like? Probably, but I think Cole Beasley's getting pretty entrenched there now. He's on the active roster again, uh, so we can count him in, in that slot. Depends and made plays. On, made two big plays in the game. Yep. I, I think it depends on if McKenzie's available, You know what they want to do there, if Crowder is if they supplement. But I think Beasley's a guy you can probably count on being um, in the in the lineup, I think. You know, who knows? Um, yeah, those are the ones we're watching. Dane Jackson is the one we're watching. And then um, – for them, obviously, the offensive line. Those are the big ones. So Sean McDermott speaks at 11 today. They change it up a little bit. I don't know if it has to do with the 3 o'clock game on Sunday, but they change it up a little bit today. Normally 12, but 11 o'clock today. We're going to carry that live. I'll be down there uh, with Joe. We'll have our show 10 to 11. We'll carry McDermott 11 o'clock and then continue on. Uh, they will have a walkthrough practice today, so there's no media access, but we'll still hear from players and coaches afterward, including uh, and players afterward, I should say, including Josh Allen. Um, but we'll find out more about the um, – injury update there's always a guy or two you who might be you know limited today or not doing something today that you know we keep an eye on as well all right and tomorrow we can maybe talk about what they all say about playing Cincinnati which you know there's the game itself and then there's the game that was and that team coming back for you know a a reunification of sorts so uh, be interesting to hear what everybody says today thank you Sal Okay, guys. Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline we'll get a break in I want to follow up on this conversation about you know what you can how you can harness Allen? Take, what, don't take this away. Let him do this. Let him do that. I thought you had a good, uh, a good segment on that yesterday in the Extra Point Show. So I want to follow up here on WGR. So we'll get to that next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.